Hello, and welcome to Strange Talk with Joe's Doc. Excuse me. Sorry about that. Uh, before we start the show, I would just like to say uh, rest in peace to R. Lee Ermey, known mostly for the iconic role in Full Metal Jacket as Gunnery Sergeant Hartman. Rest in peace. Uh that was such an iconic role. It gave people a view, a vantage point that they had never really seen before. Those who had never been in the military or had actually seen that kind of drill instructor. Uh, so it was a, a beautiful thing. It was a great movie. Full Metal Jacket is an all-time classic. And it was an iconic role, uh, unlike uh, stuff like Goma Powell and Sergeant Biko, Bilko you know, which were comedic. This was uh, hardcore. This was in your face, digging your guts, uh, you know, and it predated uh, Lou Gossage, an officer and a gentleman, so, and and also uh, the great Santini. So this was a different kind of drill instructor seen on the big screen for the first time, and he brought this character to life. Well, this is Strange Talk with Doc, and I can be reached here every Monday and Friday at 724-444-7444. Call ID number is 145048, and that is 12 noon Eastern Standard Time every Monday and Friday. I, I do a show that revolves around news, sports, entertainment, Society, culture, uh, I'm not a show that's trying to open your eye or bust some knowledge that you don't have. I'm just giving my viewpoint, Doc's viewpoint, on some things that are going on in the world. It will be mostly stuff that you know about, but maybe you've never heard a take like my take on the subject, and that is the whole deal. Nothing else. I am not trying to preach to you. I'm not trying to teach you. I am not trying to be a guru or anything of that nature. That is not my style, and I don't give a rat's ass about doing that type of thing. There are enough YouTube and podcasters out there who claim to know more than you do. I'm just giving you my opinion. I refuse to be a silent voice in a time with a lot of noise, and I feel my noise should be added to the bunch. That's all. Okay, I hope that you're having a great day. This show, you can go back and check out old episodes. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Vimo. I'm on podcast.com and also TalkShoe. I suspended my account with Speaker and SoundCloud. So even though they're listed in the uh, presentation, I no longer am going to post to those those sites. But I'm also on iTunes. So if you're driving around, give Strange Talk with Doc a chance. Comment, like, share, subscribe. I really wish you subscribe to the channel. I like as much feedback as humanly possible. If you think that I'm saying something wrong, correct me. Uh, I don't mind being corrected if I'm wrong. 
But if I, if it's just my opinion, you, there's no correction necessary. You can add your opinion to my opinion, and we can move on from there. This weekend, we had a UFC card. Portier versus, Dustin uh, Portier versus Justin Gagey. And this was an entertaining fight. Gagey kicked Portier's leg to it was mincemeat. It was a beautiful thing. But Justin just does not protect himself well. I don't know what his wrestling game is. I'm going to have to look at his history because I know he's really good with his fists. And he's such a uh, a hard ass that it doesn't seem like he works on uh, defending himself properly. But he did make a promise. And I'm going to say that he's a man of his word because his promise was either I'm going to knock you out or you will knock me out. And so far in both of his losses, he's been laid out. And he was laid out. And it was a legitimate stop by the referee, so I do not fault the ref for stopping this fight. It was over when it was over, and it was over. Carlos Condit, who I had actually said this on the last show, I was wondering how much was left in his gas tank. He fought Alex Overa, the cowboy. And as you see, he lost this fight, and he lost this fight in the second round, but he was starting to fade pretty much in the first round. Carlos Condit has been through too many wars. And after a while, if you've been through war too much, attrition sets in, and a warrior eventually is going to have to fall on his sword. And I hate to see these guys who have been really good for a long time, but the battle, I don't care who you are, the battle catches up to you. You become weary from the battle. Either you finish somebody fast or you eventually get finished, and it starts happening over and over and over again. And I'd rather Carlos leave the business as a whole man where he's able to have a good life going on than to get his, you know, his cage rattled. And I, I, don't, I don't wish that for any fighter. Uh, so I, I wish him the best, but I also wish that Dana looks into these situations and say, you know, sometimes I got to I gotta save you from you, and we need to move on from having you be an active member of our uh, fight team. Uh, the, Michelle Watson, the karate hottie for Courtney Casey, that was a very good battle, a very good battle. I think it could have went either way. It was very interesting that the size difference was kind of crazy. Wooderson looked so much smaller than Casey, but she hung in there. So that was entertaining. I'm not going to say that this was a great card, but this was a good card. Team Tim Boach got basically walked through by Antonio Carlos Jr. It was, uh, wasn't even really a good match. Both seemed outclassed from the beginning. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Antonio Carlos Jr. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's his face or his style. I mean, I do respect his abilities, but something about him just turns me off. And there's going to be people like that in the world. Just the cut of their jib just don't flow with you. And he's one of those people, the cut of his jib just doesn't fly with me. I guess it seems like he also lacks a personality, and it, be, it could be because of a language barrier. But the man wins, so I can't take anything. I can respect anybody's skill. 
I don't have to respect anything about the person. I, first of all, I don't know the person. To respect or disrespect, his skill set is high level and that I respect. So I wish him the best going on. I'd like to see him in some other big fights, some higher up the ranking fights, and let's see what he could do. Uh, I do remember him from the Ultimate Fighter, and it seemed like the guys who do very well in the Ultimate Fighter or eventually win the Ultimate Fighter wind up going on to be damn good fighters. Like, they must really scout those guys well. Well, let's talk about a little NBA before we get to some other subjects. The Thunder beat the Jazz 116-108. to 108. Paul George showed up. He came to play. Paul George has struggled on and off all season, but he, he definitely showed up for this game. He had a big game. The Portland Trailblazers lost to the Pelicans, 97-95. to The brow is the real deal, people. I don't know how far they can go in these playoffs. I think Boogie Cousins being with the team would have helped him immensely, but you know what? The Pelicans are not even usually in the playoffs, and it's a chance that, I don't know, they might be able to upset the apple cart and actually get past uh, the Trailblazers, which would not be a good look for Dame. Uh, Dame really needs to win this series. He needs to cement the Trailblazers and say that we have arrived, but it just seems like Portland's always missing something. But the series is not over. This is just game one. Now, I will say this next one, I say this series is over, and it's over before it started. The Warriors beat my Spurs 113-92, and it really didn't even seem that close. The Spurs' Forbes lost. Uh, Aldridge looking like the playoffs has begun. Outstanding regular season, lost in the playoffs once again, just looking like he doesn't even know where he belongs. Rudy Gay, I tip my hat to you, sir. You showed up. You tried. You put in a valiant effort. And for that, I appreciate it. Put it this way, Rudy impressed me so much that I hope that Rudy Gay finds a way to be a spur next season, that he doesn't walk away. Now, the big news of this game that overshadows the actual basketball game is the fact that Kawhi Leonard is not even sitting on the bench to hold up the Spurs banner for the troops. And to that, I have no answer. I am sickened by that. I'm a person who believes in loyalty. Loyalty means everything to me. Your teammates are supposed to be your bros. They don't have to be your best friends, but they're at least supposed to be your bros enough where you go down and battle with them. And it seemed like he just turned his direction. Is He turned away from them. I mean, it disgusts me because this is not the Spurs' way. There is a Spurs' way. This is not the Spurs' way. Spurs' way is almost like a philosophy that you can live your life on. And he seems to be anticipative of it. He's the anti-Spurs' way. If they bond, he separates. You never leave your brother behind, ever. If you're in New York, doing um, rehab, you could take a week off of rehab because more than likely the Spurs will probably be done on these playoffs by at the latest next Monday, which is only five games. Then you could start your summer rehab, but then nobody will ever be able to say that you was not there, Kawhi, that you wasn't present, that you wasn't able to. You know what? 
there's something that you might see on the court that you could say, you know what, defend him this way because you're such a great defender. You have things to add even when you're not balling. You have a, I understand you don't like to use your voice. We, we get that idea. And then that's fine to be a quiet man. It's a beautiful thing to be a quiet man. It's a beautiful thing to be a private person. But to not be able to look in your teammate's eye and say, man, I got your back. I've been on teams, and that's highly important. That's one of the most important things that a teammate could ever do is just say, I got you, bro. I got you. It doesn't mean that you got to have a drink with him. you got to go party with him. you got to do anything else with him. But just the words that I got you. The Wizards lost to the Raptors, 114 to 106. I expected the Raptors to beat the Wizards. Uh, Lowry and uh, DeRosa, did neither one of them have what I would call that playoff game that we've been waiting for them to have. But Serge Ibaka picked up the slack, and it was enough to beat the Wizards. The Wizards seem like they should be so much better than they are, but I, I guess that's like fool's goal with the Wizards. I don't buy into the Wizards. I don't trust the Wizards. Now, the Rockets beat the Timberwolves 104 to 101. The beard, just being the beard, 44 points. Offensively, most unstoppable guy in basketball. I tip my hat. We know the man's going to win the MVP. It's just how far does this go? How far does the Rock do the Rockets go? Are they championship, uh, Western Conference final bound? That's all up in the air, and we shall see. It is so early in the playoffs, and it's too early to predict. We got to go to the next round and the next round, but. Sky's the limit for the Houston Rockets of CP3 and James Harding are going to continue to play the way they do. The 76ers just demolished the Heat. Shocked and surprised no one. The only shock and surprise is that Ben Simmons is playing like if this he's been there before. He's acting like, oh, wow, you know, I've been in the playoffs 10 years in a row. I'm a vet. So when you got rookies, quote-unquote rookies, who can step on the court and act like they're not shaking up at all, I tip my hat to them. 76ers got a bright future. I think that that's going to be a place that free agents are going to want to come. It's on the East Coast. It's the Eastern Conference. It's an easier way into the finals. Uh, the 76ers, if they got money, man, they, for the next couple of years, I guess the process is working out. And they have a young point guard, Michael Falk. So, I, I, you know, Joel Embiid, this is – and you could even keep J.J. Redick for a couple of more years, maybe just as a, a gunner off the bench. Things are looking really good for them. The Cleveland Cavaliers lost to the Indiana Pacers 98-80. to I watched this game, and I am so disgusted at the Cavaliers players. Now, we just I just gave credit to Ben Simmons being a rookie, and I'm going to add Donovan Mitchell being a rookie for the Utah Jazz, coming, playing their very first playoff games, and acting like, you know what, I'm a pro. This is what I do for a living. This is what I take pride in. You had 
Cleveland Cavalier players, Larry Nance Jr., acted at one point in the game as though he could not even catch a basketball. Like this was his first time. He's from a foreign world, and it was the first time somebody threw a ball towards him. Rodney Hood was complete and utter garbage. Jeff King, Jeff Green, who I love, he's a Zipper member, so I'm automatically going to love him. Played horrendous. First quarter, Kevin Love, or first half, was something like 2 for 12 shooting. It was an abomination. I mean, how things wasn't thrown around that locker room. You know what? If I was LeBron, I would look around and say, you know what? Fuck all you guys individually. Fuck all you guys collectively. I do not want to be here. I do not want to play with you guys anymore. Now, J.R. showed up, but J.R. Smith showed up too little, too late. Every single time that the Cavaliers got close, seven, nine, ten points, Indiana would blow it back up to 15. Oladipo was looking fantastic. There was a period in the first half where Lance Stevenson was literally clowning the Cavaliers because they could do nothing with him defensively. He was doing what he wanted. You know what? Lance is supposed to be there to disrupt. Not only did he disrupt by scoring, he disrupted by being a destructive force on defense. He gets in LeBron's head, he slaps him around, he does some dirty shit, and he seems to throw off everybody. So I tip my hat to Lance for doing his job and doing his job damn well. They went into Cleveland and took a game, and that's all the road team wants to do is still one of the two so that they can bring it home and change the whole narrative of the series. So this should be interesting going forward. I'm very interested in will Cleveland turn it around? Will they show up or will they bow out like bitches? I've never seen a, a LeBron James team other than the Dallas Mavericks series. And when the Spurs beat them in the championship, for some reason or another, that one is totally overlooked. The Spurs demolished LeBron James' team in the championship four games to one in 2014. It wasn't even close. So we shall see. So a lot of pressure's on them. Now, I don't usually give breaks to shit like this, but this one I'm going to give a break to Thunder broadcaster Bryant Davis. He said, I guess this was the last game of the season. This might have happened uh, Friday night or Thursday night. He said that Westbrook was out of his cotton pick in mind. He gets suspended a game for this. Now, the way I look at it is I think this was one of those incidents where naturally he said the wrong thing, but I don't think that there was any kind of intent to what he said. It was a figure of speech. He was using a figure of speech, and it just happened to be a bad figure of speech when you guess you were talking about a black man and cotton and picking. So we get the idea. But for people to come down ridiculous on this Brian Davis, I think is insanity. I don't think it's cool and it doesn't even make sense to me. Now, one person I will come down hard on, and this man was a Detroit firefighter, retired Detroit firefighter, Jeffrey Ziegler, he shoots a 14-year-old black teen who knocked on his door 
asking for directions. And thank you as of now, Detroit. I'm going to say as of now because shit always changes and nothing ever seems to come of things like this. They have charged this man, Ziegler, as of now with murder or intent to murder. But see, that's the problem. What's going to happen? This Ziegler guy's already saying, what did he say? Uh, when the truth comes out, my wife was screaming, this, that, and the other. I mean, I'm not actually buying into it. I think it's a crock of shit. I really do. I think, uh, I, I'm hoping. And you know what? To tell you the truth, I don't know what I'm hoping of. I'm not hoping that the kid did something where he deserved this. And I'm that he horrified a family. But I'm also not hoping that this man was so insensitive that just seeing the mere black skin of a young man being on his property prompted him to the point where he's going to blast off a shotgun at him. I mean, this is the world we live at now. I'm a black man. And so I'm a target. I'm a threat every fucking time that I come in contact with somebody outside my race. And something's wrong about that. And I want to talk about this just for a moment, if you bear with me, because that's kind of the motif of this show. You got to live free. or You got to really die trying to live free. Because the problem is society tells you what you should feel. Society tells you how you should think. And people go along with that. They, they listen to the dogma that's pressed into their heads from outside sources, and it becomes their gospel. And you have to be free enough as an individual that not your color, not your sexuality, not your religious affiliations are the things that rule your capacity to have humanity, to be able to say, Right is right, and wrong is wrong, no matter who's doing it. I don't give a fuck. If suppo- what makes you my enemy if I have, you have never done anything to me? White does not make you my enemy. Gay does not make you my enemy. Being stupid does not make you my enemy. Being tall, fat, or any of these things do not make you my enemy, and nobody... And I mean nothing or nobody has the right to put that into my mind. And if you try to tell me, see, I understand you have the right to try to tell me that is my enemy. But I am not going to be foolish enough or also under your captivity enough to believe that what you tell me is what I have to now say I believe. So it's very important that no matter what the situation is, and I think that's the biggest thing that parents have to give their children. They should love them. They should guide them. But the number one thing a parent should be to a child other than a provider is a teacher. And you have to teach them that freedom is a beautiful thing. Freedom, freedom to speak, freedom to learn, freedom to listen, freedom to have empathy, Freedom to sympathize, freedom to enjoy, freedom to live, love, and 
go after the liberties and and and, 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 and believe that anything is possible. Those are your freedoms, and they're not to be taken away from you. They're not to be trampled on, and you're not supposed to allow anybody to do it. And you're not even supposed to do it to yourself to the point where you allow yourself to become wards of states because you do foolishness that jeopardize said freedom. So I thank you for bearing with me. I just wanted to get that off my chest because from now on I'm going to have some kind of motif I'm going to have some kind of little message to every show, or this is a waste of fucking time. To me, this is a waste of time to do this if I'm just going to talk about sports and wrestling and news, but I'm not going to have any little bit of message. Now, like I said, it is not a preach. It is not telling you what to do. It's just me saying something. That's all. Take it how you take it. As I say it is what I say. How you take it is not on me. That's not on me. Okay? This is Strange Talk with Doc. And once again, you can, I can be reached here every Monday and Friday at 12 noon, 724-444-7444. Call ID number is 145048. I would love for you to comment, like, share, and subscribe to my iTunes, YouTube, podcast.com, or talk shoe channel, all with the tagline, Strange Talk with Doc. Now, I just want to talk about a couple of other things. I seen Thor this week. Thor Ragnar, I thought it was very entertaining. I am finally caught up in the Marvel Universe. The only thing that I am missing out of the Marvel Universe is Black Panther, which I will see right before Avengers Affinity Wars. But I thought it was an outstanding movie. There were some characters there that I liked that I'd never seen before. I hope to see again, uh, maybe in the Infinity Wars, uh, like the Valkyrie chick, uh, the dude made of rocks. I thought he was pretty cool. I liked his voice. I, I liked his character. I liked the comedic vibe of this store, as opposed to it just being, you know, like we're going to be dead serious and she's a hell of a, I mean, because the villain, Helena, was quite a villain, but they still found a way to mix in lighthearted humor, and I thought that was kind of cool. And they usually only save that for Spidey movies, so it was nice to see that in this movie. I also watched The Walking Dead. Did I, was I completely blown away by this episode of The Walking Dead? No. Did it serve its purpose to close some storylines and open up future storylines? Yes, it did. Do we know where Maggie, Daryl, and Jesus are heading? No, we don't. We know that Rick and Mershon has a problem with Maggie. And I don't know how far they're going to go with whatever goes on in the comic as opposed to just going off script. But Maggie, I agree with her side, Negan needed to be finished. No matter what those other people, even if you allow the others to go on with their lives, sometimes you you cut the head off the snake. He's the snake, and to make sure that the, the body parts don't grow together ever again, you cut it off because these people are tricky. A season down the line, he hooks up with four members of the ex-saviors, and then all of a sudden, 
he escapes and he's doing dastardly shit to them again. I, you know, I don't know about the writing. It was a little bit too much of this call. As I was telling somebody earlier today, the way they wrote it is that the new world goes on. The very first saint in the new world is Carl Grimes. You might as well put his picture up like people put up the picture of Jesus. He's the, he's the first saint of the new world. And there was nothing that spectacular about him. I mean, it really wasn't. They overwrote the character as far as I'm concerned. Now, what I am looking forward to is seeing this Elvis Presley, the searcher. I have it queued up. Uh, over the next couple of days, I'm going to watch it. Why is a black man going to watch Elvis Presley, the searcher? Supposedly, being a black man, I'm supposed to hate Elvis. It's not that I like Elvis, but I also understand that Elvis is on the Mount Rushmore of the music entertainment business. And it's not about like or dislike because I don't totally buy into the bullshit that Elvis only, you know, Elvis said black people could only shine his shoes and buy his records. I'm not buying into that. Uh, there's no proof of that, so I don't have to take that as gospel. Like I said, I live free. And I do know one thing that I can say without a shadow of a doubt, and i say it's fact. What he did with that black music that he took from the South and these artists, these blues artists, at least he performed them with more dignity than the Pat Boones. He performed them with more dignity than the fucking Perry Cuomo's. He did not take this black music and whiten it up. He didn't make it totally white bread where it was almost unrecognizable. These people... And the people in the know, and the people down the line, at least they got to hear this music, and they found out that this was old blues stuff, and these, this made other iconic figures in the music industry, like your Stones, your Claptons, uh, the Animals, the Beatles, investigate and say, where did this stuff come from? So now they said, where did this come from? And they went back and found these men. They brought these men over to Europe and gave these men a chance to eat, to feed their family, so they were not forgotten. See, the Perry Cuomo's and the Pat Boone's of the world buried them, made it seem like they came up with these songs, gave no credit. At least Elvis was like, you know what, I'm a white boy who loved this music that I was hearing from these black people. So he put a face to the music, and for that, a lot of people should appreciate him. And so I appreciate Elvis Presley for that. Not for originally taking this, but for the fact that he said, I didn't originate nor create it. So it left people with acquisitive minds to find out where did it come from. And for that, there's a debt to be paid to him. So he's no enemy of mine. Because he helped feed people who music that I've come to love over the generation. You know? So now we got the Kentucky teachers. They have to march on the state capitol in Kentucky. And Governor Matt Bivens, 
then goes out and makes one of the dumbest fucking statements in the history of the world, as far as I'm concerned, in recent history, that he said because these teachers walked out, it left kids open to being raped, using drugs, being poisoned, being beaten. He has since apologized. But I say that the state of Kentucky should call for his instant and immediate resignation. These, you know, sorry doesn't always cut it. I've said this many times over the course of Strange Talk with Doc and even my older show, which was called Our World with Ned Boy and Doc. Sorry doesn't mean shit because you said it, and when you said it, you meant it when you originally said it. Sorry just means I got in trouble for believing what I said originally, and I'm trying to make sure I don't piss as many people off. But you meant it when you said it. Own it. Why don't people... See, that's another thing. People are not... They're not free enough to own what even comes out of their own fucking mouths. They're scared to own... You know what? It's all right if people fucking hate you. If you believe something and you're willing to die for your beliefs, then fuck who says, you know what? I didn't like what you said. So what? You didn't like what I said. How much does it really affect you what I said, but he was wrong. He was dead wrong, and what he said was vile. To even mention the fact and blame teachers who are doing a hell of a job and a hard job, and most people wouldn't want this job for the pay that they get, teaching other people's children. I think that's a hell of a thing. I think it's a noble profession, but it's not a job that, I mean, you got all these different personalities of kids, then you got the parents that come with them, the situations that come with these children, the home life of these children, and this is your responsibility on a daily basis, and you are grading them on passing and failing and never knowing how their guardians are going to react one way or another to the grades that you give them because every year, on a national level, we don't really talk about this enough, teachers are used physically by guardians, especially at the end of the school semester, all the time. They blame the teacher for holding back a child, and nobody puts the onus on the child to do better work in class. I'm not saying the teachers are perfect, and sometimes they are not going to have kids that they target. Remember earlier I said the cut of a jib? Some teacher going to hold a cut of your jib against your child. They just don't like something about that child. Even though they work hard, they don't mind seeing that particular child fail. And those are the bad teachers. But they are, I would think in that profession, the good outweighs the bad. So I, I, I really feel horrible that we are not putting enough money into the funding of our schools, the children of the future. We need them to be as bright and as brilliant and to believe that they can create uh, things that will make the world a better place. But we have to nurture them. We have to love them. We have to provide the platform for them to build on. And I don't. I think on a whole, as a country, we fail. And it, and it sickens me, but what can you do? So we got this guy, David Buckner. 
He's a big-time LBGTQ lawyer. He decided to set himself on fire in Prospect Park to commit suicide. Um, I don't, I don't, I didn't wish uh, death on anybody, but I think that it's asinine to put on such a public display. You know what, dude? Uh, I wish that there was somebody that you could have reached out to because obviously you helped others. I wish somebody could have helped you. I wish that there was another route that you could have taken because I'm sure that there's people in this community who don't have a lot of people who back them to begin with to lose any champion hurts. So I'm going to say rest in peace, even though obviously your soul had to be in a great deal of pain because I can't imagine doing what you did because that's not even a quick death uh, to set oneself on fire, but to publicly do it. You you could have killed the living. And I don't mean like in a physical death. We don't always have to physically die to die. Rape, when a woman gets raped, she dies. It's a death. When somebody breaks in your house, a death happens because the innocence and security that that home once knew is forever gone. It never returns. And when, when you take something and you turn it into something else that it used to be, Say there's uh, four people picnicking across the park, and they've seen this horrific act. Their innocence is gone for the rest of their life. So in a way, you killed a part of their soul. And uh, I don't, like I said, I never wish anybody suicide. I wish that a person who was feeling that, because life is precious, and I fight for life. I fight for life daily. It means everything. I'm going to leave this world kicking and screaming, maybe not physically, but emotionally and spiritually, I will be kicking and screaming, trust me, because I'm always going to feel like there's something left undone and I just need a little bit more time to do whatever it is that I was trying to do. So, but if you feel that you must harm yourself, never put anybody else in danger if you're harming yourself. That means do not drive your car into traffic. Don't jump off no fucking buildings. You know, don't don't do it, man. Don't fucking commit suicide if you could possibly not commit suicide. Who is on the line? Net boy. Hey, what's going on, brother? Not much. Sorry, uh, totally lost track of time. Oh no, it's, it's no need to be that way. Listen, I gotta I gotta ask you something before I say something. Uh, we had an egg recall over two hundred million eggs. That is an astronomical amount of eggs. Yep. Have you went in your refrigerator and looked at your eggs? No, but I will check it when I go home. I'm not a egg. I don't really eat eggs, but I have to check it for the kids. Okay. There's a reason I asked that. Mm-hmm. Because people see these fucking recalls all the time. And people ignore these recalls all the fucking time. Not only did I have one dozen of eggs, I had two dozens of eggs from the same lot number of the recall. Do you know what I could have did to my body? I mean, we, I understand. We look at the news. We ignore the news for the most part. Because all we want to do is see some weather and some sports. And the rest of the shit is like filter. Yep. It's filler. 
But you know what? When motherfuckers are telling you chicken has been recalled, beef is re, it takes two seconds to go and check. You know what? My wife, one thing about her, she sees something like that, she writes the number down. And sure enough, that number, 10490, was on both of our eggs. That meant it came from that fucking plant. Yep. And and so we had to throw these eggs out. No big deal. I'm not, I'm not, my time is worth more than me going to try to get some fucking $2 refund. I don't care about the refund. I care about not getting salmonella. Yep. You know, I, and, and I, I don't think enough people take stuff like that deadly seriously. You hear it, do it. It takes two seconds to walk to your fridge and say, hey, man, these are, and especially since it's not like it was an isolated little area. This shit was Colorado, Florida, New Jersey, New York, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Virginia, and West Virginia. That is, And on top of it, this is a company that did this in 2011. Yeah. They had a recall and didn't recall all their eggs. They had to wind up sending people to prison. So they knew that they were going to make people sick, but because they cared about making money, they said, fuck the recall. They're always worry about the bottom line. So you know what? The responsibility always comes back. You know how they, they talk about when you point the finger, the thumb points back at you? The re- Nobody's going to take care of you better than you're going to take care of you. Nobody. And, 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 and when we stop believing that somebody's going to take care of us better than we take care of ourselves, we're in trouble. Because, man, some the, 14 people died over some fucking stupid eggs. Yeah, that's crazy. That's insane. And, 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 and I can't say that they haven't, been, they haven't been harping on it. Like yesterday, I'm watching the Cavs play uh, the, the Cavs play the Pacers, right? So I must have been one of like 10,000 people that uh, tweeted ABC. I never tweet no fucking uh, station. So I tweet ABC. ABC had a news banner that was blocking the score for the whole first half. We could not see us see the score of the game. Oh man! So you knew the game was going on, and you know, like the announcers don't really announce the score. They yeah. announce that somebody's just getting their ass busted, and then eventually they actually sent out a tweet back saying, "You know what? We have some kind of glitch here. We understand our banner is above the score thing." But I had to, I had to tweak him. I was like, "This is crazy." Yeah, that's the thing. You think somebody would have, would have caught it? By, you think somebody's watching it in the offices? That dude was sleeping. He probably he probably was gnawing now that much <laughs> because you know they, they just said we had some kind of technical issue, you know. And I was like, "This this doesn't even make sense to me." And and then that was a horrible game, a very horrible game. Yep. Well, not horrible I, if you're a Pacers fan. Oh no, no, no! It was, it was, it was a great game for the Pacers. Um, uh, it was horrible for LeBron to see that his teammates don't give a rat's ass about even trying. Yeah. Um, but they said LeBron didn't even score in the first quarter. Yeah, but you know what? LeBron helps in other ways. He was trying to feed Hood. He was trying to feed Love to see if they were there. Rodney Hood and and uh, Jeff Green, 
They shouldn't even get out of bed today. They should be so embarrassed. I was telling my wife this yesterday. I said, you know what, babe? The thing about this is to me, there's a thing inside me. My pride would kick in and say, I'm not going to let you bust my ass. You could be more talented to me, but you're going to know that if you if you beat me, I'm leaving you taking my blood with you. Yeah. You're going to you're going to bust my ass, but you're gonna know I was there. Rodney Hood looked like he was scared of the situation. Scared. Jeff Green just looked like he wasn't even in the state of Ohio. I thought he might have been in Pittsburgh. <laughs> or uh, 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 maybe in a part of New Jersey. And, you know, I was like, what is going on? Kevin Love was shooting like two for 12. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. What do you think about that Walking Dead episode? I stayed around for these past, what, 10 episodes? This was the corniest season I've ever seen. Besides season two, I think I might be done with The Walking Dead. Like, they built me up for what? The, the, I felt like last night's episode was a letdown. I even dozed off a couple of times. It, uh, the episode really ended in the first 20 minutes. And they did something because they knew they had us over a barrel that they don't normally do. The Walking Dead is famous for, with few inter, uh, commercial interruptions. Every six seconds there was a commercial. Oh yeah. Every six seconds there was a commercial. I and it all it did was set up if you're interested in next year, what's gonna be. Because this was like a foregone conclusion. I kinda had a a, a, a thought in my mind that Eugene was going to turn it around. Because there was no war. Once they shot the guns, it was over. Yep. Nothing. That was it. Nothing. Not not even a and then I was like, oh, all of a sudden, Rick can't fight? Not only that, Rick can't fight. Negan's hand is bad. And what really pissed me off is that all those people were going to sit there and actually watch Rick die? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Marshawn has a fucking, uh, she has a samurai sword. That's her man. And she's going to let this motherfucker get the upper hand on him? Yep. She should have been standing over there right with the thing saying, Rick, I'll cut him. Just beat him. You can beat him to death. And if he does anything, I'll cut him. Simple as that. No fight. Yep. So we sat through, what, two, three seasons of Negan, and, and now he's just going to be the very first prisoner in this new community. And he did another thing that I really didn't like, and I was just talking about this a couple of minutes ago. In this new world, uh, Carl is St. Carl. Yes. He's the very first deity of the new world. You know, like that people have the picture of Jesus? Yeah. Every house should have a picture of Carl. He's responsible for the new world. And yep. he wasn't that special when he was in the world. Not at all. He was. He killed that kid. He killed, the, he killed that kid that, uh, earlier seasons uh, when the kid was, was putting down his gun. He done killed. He was quick to always shoot someone. Now all of a sudden, he had this change. He wore a dumbass hat that was way too big and dirty. Yeah. I mean, there was nothing special about him. Nothing at all. He was Rick's son. And you know what? Rick fucked up once again. 
if I if I had to pick a community to go live in, I'm living with Maggie before I live with Rick. Oh yeah, definitely. Besides, I'm gonna be with Dow and Maggie and not Morshawn and Rick because they on some bullshit. And then Carol is now a pacifist again. Yeah. I and mean Morgan, I mean Morgan has moved on to the fear of the walking dead. Which you know what? I'm going to give them credit. I'm going to give the show credit for one thing. The Basses have convinced me after three seasons to go back to at least give a look to Fear of the Walking Dead. Well, I, I haven't seen. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going back to watch what happened in the past two seasons. You know that's what I'm saying. I'm watching this season. Oh, okay. I I did not see. The last two, the last time I I left Fear of the Walking Dead, they were on a boat somewhere. Okay, yeah, I watched the season after that. They was in a hotel. No, I, that's how long it's been. They were on a boat, and uh, like an Iranian-looking guy was there. Yeah. And the dude still was like kind of a drug addict. The black guy was a homosexual. Yeah. And his boyfriend was dying or something. Or I don't know if his boyfriend died or didn't die. I don't even care. I don't remember. So that's 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 the last thing I remember. I mean, I look up and see Jenny Goffs on the show. I was like, where the fuck she come from? Yeah. <laughs> that is the nine zero two one zero girl, right? Yeah, they're trying to breathe some new life into the fear of Walking Dead. So let's see if it works. Oh, yeah, yeah, so I'm going to give that a try. Now, I did, I am completely caught up, up into Black Panther. I finished Thor this weekend. I watched Thor, and I really liked it. That's the, that was the Ragnarok one? Ragnarok. Yeah, that one was funny. It was more like a comedy for me. Yes, I, I, I you know what it reminded me of? That kind of humor I'm used to associating with Spider-Man. Yes. Not Thor. And I thought it was kind of cool, at least a first or second grade Hulk. Hulk, I want Hulk to be able to talk in sentences going forward. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. The the Hulk smashed this. (laughs) Right. Listen, he not only understands, but he can speak. He can actually get his point across a little bit. And I think that's kind of cool. And I also think it's kind of cool that... Thor realizes he does not need that stupid fucking hammer because he's much he's much bigger than the hammer. Yeah, but uh, is the hammer his only power? No, he controls thunder. Thunder, okay, yeah, because he took his father. He doesn't power. need. You know what it was? He was such a rookie with the control of the thunder. His father gave him the hammer so he could have something to work it through. Because Thor could still fly. Yeah, yeah. He don't need, he just, you know, he used to think that he had to spin that hammer to fly. The motherfucker want to fly, you just leap. Yeah. <laughs> he, here's the thing that's so good about the Thor series that makes it different than the others. Almost everybody in Thor's world is a god. Yeah. Including Eldris Iba. He is yep. a god. He's a protector of a world. These people up there, they protect universe. That's why the only person who can really deal with them is strange. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't, de- you just can't send Tony Spock. Thor would fuck Tony uh, Iron Man up every time and three <laughs> times on Sunday. <laughs> he can't compete with him. 
Yeah. And that's why I think what you call them is going to be so fucking good. Because you you got with Infinity Wars, you're going to be dealing with actual gods on other planets. Yeah, and, I just want to know how the hell they get this down to two hours and 30, 40 minutes. Because it's not going to be. Don't think it's settled in one. It's already two. This is... Infinity Wars is going to be more like... Uh, Lord of the Rings. It's probably going to end and start right where it ends in Infinity 2. People are going to be pissed, but that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would be annoying. But that's what... Hey, they did it with Lord of the Rings. This movie's got too much going on. Yeah, especially... It's entirely too much. Entirely too much. I don't know if you ever read... This is one of my favorite comic book series... You ever read uh, The Beyondera, War of the Worlds? No. If you into comics, you could probably get it in one book. I say go out and get that shit. It is great. It is everybody and their mother. This guy is so powerful. Basically, Thor Ragnar was taken from this, if I really think about this. This this being, who's like God in the whole entire universe, in the whole put it this way, he blinked his eyes and said nothing exists, and everything, the comic book page went blank. Oh, wow. Nothing existed in the universe, not the sun, the moon, the stars, the galaxies, anything. And you know what? He was so bored, he came to Earth to become a professional wrestler. <laughs> Him and Spider-Man were a tag team. Oh, wow. And, but the thing is, some way or another, Dr. Doom got him to be stuck in his human, in his human uh, look. And he looking like one of fucking Miami Vice. But what he wanted was a battle zone. So he captured every known Marvel character. All the X-Men... Thor, Green, everybody, and took them to his planet and made them do uh, Fight Club. Now, think about this way before Fight Club existed. And that's basically what this uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum was doing. You know, having people capture. But he didn't have to do that. All he did was say, okay, Thor, you're on my planet. Simple as that. Hulk, you're on my planet. Yep. Now fight. And and that's what, you know, I don't know what be on these guys' minds that write it, because there's some real serious fantasy shit going on in their brains, but I'm glad that they're able to put that shit on camera so that we can see it, because these are some damn entertaining movies. I think that if you can get women to sit down and watch superhero movies... And not be bored, you've done a job. Especially, my wife, I can't say my wife read comic books. She read shit like probably Richie Rich. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't reading no damn Thor and uh, Captain uh, Captain Marvel. She wasn't reading stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's what, the, I think when they first started out, by them putting the love stories in, they was trying to gear it towards women as well, but now that they took the love stories out, I think they realize that women can actually fucking enjoy a superhero movie. 
just make the movie so damn good. That's all. Yeah, because goddamn, did Thor and Natalie Portman kill me? I hated the first two Thors. Yeah, well, he kind of made fun of that in, in Ragnar. Yeah. He did. He was like, oh, oh, didn't she dump you? No, no, I dumped her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was complicated. So at least they didn't ignore that. Yeah. You know? And, and and I thought that, I think that Hemsworth is insane for always threatening to leave being Thor. Come on, man. We're going to make $20 million doing bullshit. Continue making Thor movies, man. I know, the other guy just said he was done with Captain America after after the, after the I think the next Capital, 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 Captain America film. So like, I guess these guys get tired of doing the same roles, like when the guy stopped playing Wolverine last year. See, well, I see there are certain people you could do that with, right? Iron Man wasn't always Tony Spock. See, you you got to be like a comic book nerd. Yeah, Captain yeah. America wasn't always Captain America. Yeah. You know, Bucky used to be Captain America. He became Captain America. Okay. So. You know what? The Green Latin wasn't always the Green Latin, but there are certain people who have to be the same people. The Hulk was always Bruce Banner. It's not like there's an alternate Hulk. Yep. But, you know, Captain America, shit, he's been a couple of people. Green, uh, matter of fact, Green Lantern has been about 10 people. Yep. I think they just because, changed to a woman. Well, I think they change in Captain Marvel, which a lot of people in this day and age knows as Shazam. Yeah. Is going to be a woman. Oh yeah. You know they got they they gearing up for a movie a movie for that. Yes, and I think it's going to be uh, Shazam. Now I do have to ask you one thing. I I don't know if you're ready to get out of here or not, but what has the WWE done? Since WrestleMania, to seem to piss off all their fucking wrestlers. I really think I. I mean, my suspicion is I really think it's this Abu Dhabi thing that they're doing. One that alienates all the women, which none of them. Uh, Lana and Rusev was caught on TMZ the other day, and they said none of the women are actually going overseas. Um, I think they tried to throw Rusev in that very. Undertake a casket match, and he's like, "Fuck, uh, I'm, I'm the hottest man going right now. Why would you even try to bury me?" I don't know what I don't know what they're thinking. I'm hoping tonight and tomorrow with this superstar shakeup, it'll it'll spice some things up. Well, uh, he actually got pulled from the match. Yeah. Uh, they signed Chris Jericho to do it. Yeah. But here's the bigger thing. Kevin Owens is not even Kevin Owens on social media anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, He's I, now, I think with that, they, they, they're just living up to the storyline of what's going on in the, for their storyline. Okay, so you think that's just an angle? Yeah, but I don't know about Rusev, because Rusev is not Rusev anymore on social media. Right, he's not either. But it's not, now it's more... But see, it makes Kevin Owens one look bizarre, because... That's a direct follow of Rusev. Yeah. And and within two days, he's now Kevin Steed again. Yep. I mean, it could be and that Trump, it could be they tired of this Brock Lesnar shit too. 
Why does this guy get to hold the title and he shows up every, what, three, four months for a five-second match? Yeah, and then on top of it, he just got rewarded with a brand-new contract. Yep. So that's, um, I, it's just, you know what, sometimes things go well and things get bad at the same time. Now, I am going to be very interested in the shake-up. I think there's certain guys that need to go certain places. I think it's time to actually, uh, as much as it disgusts me to say this, it's time to move. I say move the Usos to Raw. Yeah. Move AJ. No, you can't move. You don't want to move AJ, but you want to move, uh, I don't know, man. I can see them Did moving Daniel Bryan to Raw and build him up against Finn Balor. Okay, yeah, that that sounds good. And you want to keep the momentum that you got with uh, Nakamura as a heel. Oh, my God. that His little 20-second thing last week was the best thing I've seen on television in a while. I, I enjoy him. I enjoy him uh, wanting to kick you in the head a lot more than uh, – matter of fact, I – I, if, if it kills him doing that bizarre dance to the ring, I'm all for it. Anything that stops that, I, I don't want no more of that. I want no more of that. I, I don't want the fingers intertwining and the, the bizarre-ass music and falling down on. No, I just want him to come in and kick somebody in the fucking head and Shinzatsu, whatever the fuck that I don't is. Know, him telling Renee, Renee last week that he didn't speak any English. Oh, no, that was the greatest. I, 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 I speak no English. So. <laughs> I speak no English. No, that, that, was, that was fantastic. See, now you have a whole other thing that you can do with Oscar. Now that the streak is over, you could actually utilize her. Yeah. You know, she's not, she's not tied to that feather anymore of this stupid-ass streak. Let the streak go. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it was wearing thin so, anyway. Yeah, and, and it, it should be uh, an interesting two nights. I, I'm quite interested in it. You watch any basketball? Uh, I watched the Minnesota game last night, and I watched the Spurs game. I watched a few games. I didn't see the um, oh the Boston and the Boston and Milwaukee game was really good. Yes, see, you know, I'm into the games, but because uh, I guess my team will be playing late tonight. I'm not uh, dedicating past the 12 or 30 hour to basketball. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not staying up to 12.45, 1 o'clock to see a team I don't give a rat's ass so about not the first basketball. round. Not the first round, but I would say no. that Philadelphia is looking fucking awesome. Yeah, especially when you have a rookie who refuses to play like a rookie. Yep. I, I was so disappointed in, in, in how the Cavs players played. I'm so disappointed that LaMarcus Aldridge once again acting like playoffs is kryptonite. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, like a special switch. You know, they just old saying, it's a boring saying because we heard it too much. Pressure busts pipes and creates diamonds. And some of these guys, Rodney Hood played like a coward. Like, I hate to say it. I, I, Rodney Hood played like shit yesterday. So he doesn't really have any. Does he have? I mean, he was on Utah. Did they have playoff experience? No, not when he was there. 
Yeah, but then when you look, when you date, then you look at guys like fucking Donovan Mitchell. He's a rookie. He don't give a fuck. You look at uh, Simmons. He don't care. Yeah. Some guys just walk through the door and they just be like, you know what? I ball. This is what I do. Yep, this is what I was born to do. You know, fucking Lance Stevens out there yesterday acting like, you know, he was acting like I'm a real good, good baller. <laughs> At least for 10 minutes. Yeah, he disappears, they, he disappears and he returns again. I don't know what the hell is up with Lance Stevens. Well, you know what that is? Part of it is the coach can't have that intensity for 40-something minutes. First of all, Lance does stupid shit. I don't care. Uh, Mark Jackson and Van Gundy owed LeBron an apology that they didn't give him yesterday. Lance Stevens tomahawk chopped him to the head. And the first reaction out of them, and, and because this is what LeBron gets, and it's not fair, he's faking it. Then when they seen the rerun, the replay, he completely tomahawked him in the head. Oh. But they don't go, you know, all bad. Oh, no, he's out there faking. That's Van Gundy, you know. There's LeBron faking again. The fucking dude just got – and then the, the referees look at it and don't even give him a, fr- a flagrant foul. I was like, this is bogus. Yeah. But he comes in and he just – not only does Lance disrupt your team, he disrupts his team. So a coach can't have that for the whole game. You got to have that shit in small bites. He's, he's, like not untamed, he's like an untamed Rodman. Yeah, see, Rodman knew how to disrupt what he needed to disrupt, but he didn't disrupt Michael Jordan, and he did not disrupt Isaiah Thomas. Yep. He disrupted you. Carl Malone, I'm going to fuck with you. <laughs> you know what? When I'm playing against Michael Jordan, I'm going to fuck with Horace Grant. Yep. But I don't actually mess with Isaiah from busting your ass. Matter of fact, I'm going to help them because of one one thing, people, if, if somebody was to look at a five-minute tape of Dennis Rodman, Dennis Rodman was a phenomenal passer, yep. phenomenal passer. The man's basketball IQ, see, he people get caught up in Dennis the circus. Dennis Rodman forever and for always will be my favorite basketball player. Nobody's even on the same spear as him. I mean, not even in the same zip code. Because I watched Dennis and how he did things. How he uh, he couldn't shoot worth shit. But one thing, Dennis never missed a free throw in pressure situations either. Yep. Never. Couldn't shoot a free throw to save his life. But if that game was in the fourth quarter and you were down by three and he's fouled, he's making them. Yep. You need that rebound, and it can be four guys on the other end and just him going against. He's getting the rebound against four guys because that's who Dennis is. Yeah, he was remarkable at rebound. Oh, remarkable. I see Dennis tap the ball sometimes and look like to himself nine times before he got it. He was as phenomenal at rebounding defense as Michael was at scoring. And that was a a much better league than we're watching now. Much better league. Much, much better league. 
Yeah, they got a little soft after the nineties. Yeah, I think you know what they want. They want high. Uh, they want high energy scoring, and they don't want. They don't want that uh, bruising basketball because if you look at most of the basketball teams, who would be the enforcer on most of these teams? Most teams don't even have an enforcer type guy. That's true. I mean, you 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 get somebody bringing somebody like a what's the name? Jimmy Jackson? Is it, is it Jim Jackson? No, Stephen Jackson. Nobody is no Stephen Jackson in this league right there. Or no, Ronald, and you know what? No, and Stephen Jackson wouldn't have even been Stephen Jackson with Oakley in him. Oh hell no. See, he was Stephen Jackson with these guys. Yeah. Because think about it, Stephen Jackson, even with his demeanor and everything, he was able to get away with that shit, but he was also a spur. Yeah. A championship spur, which meant he knew when to be what he was. He he kind of got part of his reputation with that fucking fight with uh, Ron Artest. Ron Artest. Artest. Yeah. Because before then, he was just a journeyman guy. Yeah. But because he went down swinging with Artest, it was like, okay, you know. But Steven Jackson wasn't going to pull those same moves with Mason and uh, Oakley. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, no, no, definitely not. It's not even a Barkley now. No. Or the two Davis Davis from um, Indiana. Oh, yeah. Uh, And... Uh, Jail and uh, yeah, Antoine think, Davis. Yeah. Now, what you call him is kind of the dying breed. The last guy who left uh, Indiana and is now on the Golden State Warriors. But he's old. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, their time is running out in the league. Yeah, the big ball headed guy. Yep. Matter of fact, he was on the Spurs. He came to the Spurs to try to win a championship. He didn't get it, but he got it last year with uh, Golden State Warriors. Well, Ned, man, I ain't going to hold you no longer, brother. All right, no doubt, man. Have a good one. Okay. You too, man. I appreciate you calling in. All right, no doubt. Thanks. Okay. Before I get out of here, I'm just going to say one more thing, man. This shit that's going on in Syria is insane, people. And the thing that gets me about this whole Syrian thing is we have the balls to tell Syria or anybody don't do shit to the people of your country. And I'm not saying that what's going on in Syria is right. But this country is such a hypocrite that we let motherfuckers in Flint, and excuse my French people of Flint, but we let what happened to Flint go on for five years, poisoning them. Yep. Somebody else, I saw a tweet that said, uh, we bombed Syria. How would we feel if someone bombed us for what was going on in Flint? Ned, we we are a country. I don't even know when we became the policeman when we got the dirtiest fucking backyard in the world. We let apartheid, and and you know what? That's what I'm going to start calling the shit because that's what it was. Apartheid ended in America in 1965. How do we look at South Africa's apartheid and tell them, clean that up? Clean it up, yep. How do we still have young men and women get murdered by the police, 
we have citizens, white citizens of America feel that it's all right to blast on young boys for just knocking on their door saying, I'm lost, sir. Lost, yeah. Give me direction. I'm lost. Could you help? Oh, no, nigga. Boom. Yep. And and we tell other countries, you're an abomination. It's like America loves saying that we're perfect, but we're not per- I mean, are we still the best? Yeah, we're the best, but we ain't good neither. Nope. And, you know, I had to speak on that before I got there because that disturbs me, man. You know what? And I'm not, like I said, I just wanted to be very clear. What Syria is doing to its own people is fucked up, man. When you poison women and children and old people, you're dirty, you're beyond soulless. But don't think that our country hasn't poisoned its own. We've, this country, put it this way, they took the water away from Flint about a week ago. I don't know if you know this. Yeah, yeah, I know. Because they said it now reaches standards. Now, standards could still be way below what should be. Yeah. But we we spend, what, we spent a couple of million dollars, probably a hundred million dollars sending those fucking tomahawks to Syria this weekend. Yep. And you know what? They wanted athletes to send water to humans here in, in, in Flint. Let entertainers do it. Yeah, but when it comes to political things, they don't want entertainers to speak. Right. No, y'all take care of that. What about the government? You know, we, we had this thing that's been a pain in my ass since my very first job. My very first job is called taxes. <laughs> and they, you know what? They take taxes. That's the one time they don't give a fuck if you're black or white. They take them from you. Yep. And, and you, something's supposed to happen. Because of these said taxes. And you got states. Man, net, there's certain parts of this country, if you was to drive through, man, this shit looks like third world. No, nothing good going on. And you don't even have to leave the East Coast. North Philly looks like, I don't know, man. It looks like a bomb has been dropped. I hear that Detroit is starting to look better than it was, but it ain't too... It ain't too great there either. Yeah, I don't hear anyone say I'm going on vacation to Detroit. Yeah, we have, like, North Carolina is a beautiful state. It depends on where you are in North Carolina. Certain other parts of North Carolina looks like it could be 1822. Yep. Like, we don't still have street lights. Yeah, that's just crazy to me. Why is in America, we can bomb other countries, but we can't even get fucking make the road safe with the street lights on every fucking highway in America. You, we don't have the money for that? Nope, that's insane. I don't understand. I mean, street lights you, you need. We are driving in pitch black. And, and I don't know, did you guys get hit with snow last night? No, just really bad rain and wind. Yes, we we got uh, we got tornado style wind here. Some people like don't have power. I mean, it it it, it was like I, I I really should have tied like my chairs down on the deck and stuff because that shit was going. At one point, it was just like Negan whistling. I was like, what the hell is going on out there? 
My wife kept telling me, bring the plants and they're going to blow away. I was like, no, they'll survive or they'll die. You know, that's on nature. But uh, that's crazy, man. We, it's just we're so hypocritical, man. And, and, and it all depends. If you're brown to pale, we care. If something happens on the continent of Africa, we don't give a fuck. They can do whatever they want. Warlords can do whatever the fuck they want. We don't threaten. They go like this. We tried in Rwanda years ago. It didn't work out too well for us. We ain't doing it again. Yep, totally agree. Because we have warlords. They say 30 uh, uh, fucking, uh, what do you call it? Because this is supposed to be about a civil war. Say you have a civil war in Africa. A million people die in a civil war. They'll never give aid or anything to the side that's unarmed. But if you're a pale country, we can't have that happen to the pales. Motherfucker, man. We, 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 we. And then we have the media make you try to empathize with the situation and forget. Forget the reality of the shit that is happening right here at home. My wife loves to say the charity begins at home. And there's no charity at home. You know? There's none whatsoever. Well, they just feed you a story. That's it. Well, especially when it happens to, when it's happening just to the minorities, no one cares. But if it was happening to uh, the, major, the supposed majority, then people start caring. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you had... You if, had Flint, Michigan, the... if Flint, Michigan happened in Iowa, it would be a totally different story. Oh, yes, yes. Listen, no, no doubt about it. If it was South Dakota, yep. Wisconsin, yes. See, now, I don't even know if you were with me when this story broke, when this uh, insane black uh, secretary, uh, surgeon general, came out and said that we... I think you were... Uh, we're now supposed to all walk around with the dopey needle, uh, antidote. Yeah, yeah. See, that's how it goes. If it if it benefits them, then it's something to be up in arms about. But if it benefits anybody else, any minority group, no, no, it's not. Just just get a broom and pick up the end of the carpet and sweep that shit under it, yep. and leave it at that. Yeah. Well, this time I'm really getting out of here, Nat. But right, I'm glad that one. you sat sat through the Syria thing. Thank right, you. No problem. You're welcome. Have a good one. Okay. Well, this is Strange Talk with Doc, and I can be reached here at 724-444-7444. Call ID number is 145048. That's every Monday and Friday, 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can also catch shows on iTunes, Vimo, podcast.cloud, damn, podcast.com, and TalkShoe. Once again, 12 noon Eastern Standard Time, every Monday and Friday, 724-444-7444. Call ID is 145048. I hope you have a great week. I will talk to you again on Friday, and I would just like to tell you, like I tell you each and every time, no matter what is going on in the world, what kind of madness, sadness, depression, or joy, 
Peace to you and yours. Peace.